This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuning in to the new TNN. I'm the Please have your attention, please. May I please have your attention, please? Shut the hell up! And welcome back to Brightman here on the new TNN podcast feed. My name is Johnny C, and as the docile toads of Ernest the Cat Miller's theme song have told us, it's time to get down at the James Brown Arena. That can't be a real thing, though, right? It is! And we're going to talk about it today, folks. Of course, I'm Bright Man. We talk about whatever bright idea is going through my head. And this was not a bright idea, but you're going to have to listen to it anyway. So, I was doing a little bit of homework. Most of you probably have come to this podcast feed because you've listened to me on the North South Connection Podcast Network. And you know that once a month, uh, I take a look at pop culture variants in the multiverse of fabulousness. Now, I had to do a little bit of homework for the upcoming December show, and since I had to watch it, all of you have to listen to me review the original show. What we're going to be talking about today is a pay-per-view that emanated from the James Brown Arena in Augusta, Georgia, which I still can't believe is a real thing, but James Brown, man, I, I you know, I know James Brown best, of course, from Rocky IV and WCW Slamboree 2000. Or, excuse me, Super Brawl 2000. You cannot imagine what happens at Super Brawl 2000 when Ernest the Cat Miller surprises the maestro and brings out James Brown. But here to sully the name of James Brown and his arena is a show from a very unique brand of sports entertainment, an extreme brand of sports entertainment, because it's December 3rd, 2006, and you better watch out and you probably will cry. It's ECW, December to Dismember. Often called the worst pay-per-view in World Wrestling Federation history. Because, um, you know, I think Heroes of Wrestling is probably worse than this, so I don't know if we can say all of pro wrestling history. But uh, here in the James Brown Arena, 4,800 extremely rabid fans would join us to take part in viewing the extreme elimination chamber in the main event and allegedly only 90,000 households in the world purchase this on a pay-per-view basis but is that enough alone to determine it the worst pay-per-view in world wrestling federation or entertainment history i don't know let's go on the road and at the end of this bad boy we'll figure out what the truth really is of course ecw was resurrected in the year 2006, after the success of the One Night Stand in 2005 and the One Night Stand in 2006, ECW was reborn on the Sci-Fi Network full of vampires, zombies, CM Punk, 
and uh, Taz and Joey Styles on commentary. That's about all I remember from the ECW launch. I remember going to visit my girlfriend at the time, uh, who was who was at home with her parents uh, for reasons I won't get into. And uh, me being like, oh, it's so nice to see you. I haven't seen you in such a long time. And I'm feeling a little randy. But it's Tuesday night and CM Punk is about to debut. So if you could just just move over a little to the right so I can see the TV. There we go. There he is flopping them wrists, getting them nice and ready to go. And you know what? I'm not much of a CM Punk fan these days. But I am thankful that I learned that wrist exercise from CM Punk. Because, as I mentioned, she was living far away from me. And there were some lonely nights in the Johnny C apartment hold. Meanwhile, though, in the brand of sports entertainment, ECW is resurrected, and it's, unlike Ernest and Cat Miller, not the greatest. And, uh, you know, they were booked to put on a pay-per-view, God help us all. And, well, I don't know that... It could have worked, I think, maybe, okay? But they've... They're definitely wrong-headed here. They made the mistake of letting Kurt Angle go. Well, it probably wasn't a mistake. The man had health issues, we all know. But Kurt Angle was meant to be the extreme savior of ECW, this WWE version. And when I say this WWE version, that's really something that resonates. Because this is not ECW. WWE never wanted to do ECW. And I get why. So it's just a bad idea to use the branding, in my opinion, because people expect something when they see it. Oh, that DVD also helped as well, The Rise and Fall of ECW. That was a good DVD, and probably the most exposure I ever had to ECW. So I'm looking at this thing like, I don't care. I just know it's bad. I had this show on DVD. I purchased it specifically because I knew it was considered one of the worst shows in history, and that's sort of right up my alley. But is it so bad it's good? Enough prologue let's get into the extreme based action and see if we can make a decision for ourselves now remember the important thing here is twofold is it the worst and is it so bad it's good keep that in mind because that's the way i'm looking at this thing so we start off as most world wrestling federation or entertainment based pay-per-views do with a little video The video package primarily focuses on our main event of the evening, which is an Elimination Chamber matchup. But you see, folks, this go-round, it's an extreme Elimination Chamber. Paul Heyman, in the voiceover narration, tells us that this Elimination Chamber will feature instruments of destruction, tools of power play, there's a metal chair, a crowbar, a table and a barbed a baseball bat. That's right. That is a reference to the song Instruments of Destruction from Transformers the Movie 1986. You either get it or you don't. But yeah, there's going to be a metal chair, a crowbar, a table, and a barbed wire baseball bat. During this montage of weapons, we see Paul Heyman's ultra-special, super-secret SWAT team guys with visors on, each holding one of these implements, or instruments, if you will, of destruction. These guys are great. They remind me of the faceless bad guys from that weird shoot 'em up arcade game, Revolution X, starring Aerosmith. The members of this extreme elimination contingent are the following. Big Show defending his ECW championship against Rob Van Dam, disgraced former champion. Test, Andrew Martin. CM Punk, hot new babyface. 
Sabu, the extreme mistake man, and big hot newcomer Bobby Lindsay. And now, ECW presents December to Dismember. Let the bodies touch the ground. Let the bodies touch the ground. Let the bodies touch the... Yeah, that's my remix. Deal with it. The fans, God help me, seem excited. Joey Styles and Taz are at ringside. Joey lets us know that Augusta is still for the Masters, but after tonight, it will be infamous for the first ever Extreme Elimination Chamber. God, I hate WWE ECW, and I don't do a very good Joey Styles impression, so I will apologize ahead of time. Only a twisted, tortured human mind could think of the Extreme Elimination Chamber. But I do like me some Taz, so maybe he'll rescue us from a Joey Styles. Ten cents of steel, Joey! That thing's nuts! Okay? Maybe not. Uh-oh, though. Here come some folks with extreme egos to kick off our opening contest. I might add, our opening contest is one of only two advertised matches. So this match in the Extreme Elimination Chamber were the only matches announced ahead of time. Not even an emergency announcement on heat or anything like that. Just these two. They kept the rest a secret for good reason. It's Eminem, Mercury, Nitro, and Molina. They come out while the paparazzi rolls out the red carpet. The boys strike a pose that says to me, Look at our beautiful tummies. Joey lets us know it's the first time, only time, Eminem will be in an ECW ring. Because, folks, all four competitors in this encounter are not even ECW roster members. Way to showcase your talent. Melita splits the D, as only she can when she enters the ring. And hey, last week on ECW television, the opponents in this matchup defeated the team of Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkey. So those guys can't be very important. But afterwards, they got the daylights beat out of them by Eminem. And speaking of their opponents, here they come. It's Team Extreme, a.k.a. the Hardy Boys. Jeff Hardy is your current Intercontinental Champion. And I'll tell you what, folks, when he's in the entranceway doing his uh, hand motions and such, we get some extreme pelvic thrusts. It's unbelievable. This man is very excited to show you his junk. Of course, his, his hand motions look a little more extreme as well, so he's really getting into the spirit of this December to Dismember show. Both of these Hardy Boys have been out doing some single stuff, so they're teaming up for one night only. Well, aside from that one night only they appeared on ECW, and then the one night only they'll appear at Armageddon here shortly, but, uh, you know, tonight it's one night only. And the way this match came about makes me smile and simultaneously angry. Smile because of the way they did it, and anger that I didn't know it was a thing. But folks, apparently... There was an extreme December to Dismember press conference. And at this press conference, the Hardy Boys laid down a challenge to any team. And Eminem answered the challenge that night on Raw. I'm not going to go back and try to find footage of this December to Dismember press conference. But who could have possibly been there to cover this thing? Joey is extremely much putting over that this is one night only. I think we've covered how that's bullshit. 
The fans start an extremely loud Hardy Boys chant, and the bell rings. So here we go for advertised match number one, the one-night-only tag team match, Eminem versus Team Extreme. Eminem start, that being Matt and Mercury. And don't forget that Matt and Jeff are brothers, and that's a bomb that other teams can't duplicate. According to the closed caption, that's what Joey Styles said. Well, how do you know Mercury and Nitro ain't brothers, Cole? It's a, that's a very valid, valid, valid eh, easy for me to say. It's a very valid question, Taz. Thank you so much for adding that. We get some extreme Matt wrestling to start, you know, because it's Matt Hardy. <laughs> Thank you, I'll be here all week. And some extreme chain wrestling, which gets an extreme stalemate with an extreme face-off with some extreme booze. Followed by an extremely loud Hardy's chant from the ECW faithful. Extreme collar and elbow tie-up. Jeff Hardy is tagged in. And the Hardys are working the left arm of a Joey Mercury. It's extremely old-school tag team wrestling. Matt Hardy tagged back in as the crowd starts an extremely loud Nitro Sucks chant. Great moment during the chant as Mercury hits a very weak elbow, casually walks over to the corner to tag Johnny Nitro, which draws booze. And that's smart working. They're giving the business to Nitro. Well, let's get him in there. And say what you will about this crowd here in Augusta, but they're extremely into this match so far. Jeff Hardy's tagged in and gets slingshotted. And a martial arts kick gets two. Joey and Taz are having themselves a fun Sunday on commentary, laughing about stupid stuff that I dare not repeat because it's bad, and I mean really bad. An extreme double wheelbarrow slam is then given to a Joey Mercury. Talk about the impact after that! The extreme centrifugal force! Says Joey Styles. Yeah, he spun him around fast too! Says Taz. I think the PGA faithful are beginning a chant that says... Happy Gilmore, clap, 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 clap. But no, it's actually, she's a crack whore, clap, 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 clap. How rude. Eminem controlling Jeff Hardy now as Melina screams. A snapshot neckbreaker delivered by Johnny Nitro. Who sucks now? He yells to the crowd. Nitro then misses the maneuver and Matt Hardy is in control. Nitro goes up top, but Matt counters with, according to Taz's close captioner, is a spread neutron bomb! But it's really a splash mountain bomb. It gets a loud pop and a two count. Melina trips up Matt Hardy. Matt pursues her on the outside. The, the commentators wonder, was Melina's interference malicious or delicious? It doesn't matter, though, because in all actuality, it's a trap! As Joey Mercury nails Matt Hardy while he pursues Melita. Matt gets tossed back in the ring and Eminem hits a double gutbuster. Shades of the Bushwhackers. Great double team maneuver by Eminem. Uh, you gotta give some credit to Melita though, Joey. I did. She's one of the M's. Touche, Joey Styles. Touche. Melita wraps her legs around Matt Hardy's head to choke him. That's unfortunate for Matt Hardy. Well, maybe not that unfortunate, Joey. Matt Hardy is our face in peril as Eminem is in control. They hit a double-team face plant. Melita then screams for quite some time. Oh, man, the primal scream. I love that one, Cole. I remember when I was on SmackDown. I used to love it. It always an old Michael Cole, though. He's not a fan of, uh, uh, 
women. Oh, Taz. It breaks my heart that Michael Cole and Taz didn't get along after their commentary breakup. Georgia, Chance Hardy. And by God, Matt Hardy hears them. He counters a double suplex into double neck breakers. It's actually kind of cool because he flips out of it when he's vertical and then hits the double necks. I don't know. Not bad. Jeff Hardy is just hanging out waiting for the tag. But Eminem cuts off any hot tag potentiality and Matt is still in peril. Oh my goodness. A little thievery here. Not only are Eminem trying to steal the show. Not hard. But they hit their own version of poetry in motion. Melina screams. Oh, she's such a sweet girl, Joe, says Taz. Yes, what a gentle flower Melina is. Twist of fate by a Joey Mercury. He even does the dumb. Oh! But no, it's countered, and Joey Mercury is tossed into the corner and strikes Nitro. You see, Nitro was on the top rope, ready to follow up the oh! with a swanton. Oh no! Johnny Nitro landed on his yum bag. Yep, he called it a yum bag. Hot tag! Fists of poetry and motocross by Jeff Hardy. He hits an enigmatic forearm and then his own oh, crotch leg drop. Johnny Nitro runs in and according to Taz gets spiked on his bean with a brain buster face plant. Matt Hardy is in now and oh my goodness, referee Scott Armstrong seems to have lost all form of control. Matt clotheslines Mercury to the outside and then hits a plancha. Mercury, like a good partner, catches Matt Hardy, but it looks more like he countered it into a suplex. This starts an ECW chant. A transition over the top move is enough. <laughs> These poor fans, they don't know what they're missing. Nitro breaks into a dead sprint and clears the top rope with a tope con helo. Jeff Hardy, not to be outdone, heads up top and hits a flying body press. This gets a holy shit chant. Have we really fallen this far that that's enough to get a holy shit chant? Only in ECW you're going to see action like this, Cole. Really? I feel like I could see this kind of action on any random Monday or Friday evening, but I digress. The Hardys throw Mercury inside, hit poetry in motion, a twist of fate. Jeff goes for the swanton, but no! Nitro pulls Mercury out of the ring. Taz makes the call. Whoa! Crashing bar Rudy! Jeff is now the babyface in peril. Nitro hits a springboard dropkick. At this point, I remember, fuck, wasn't Matt Hardy already the face in peril? Are we really doing two face in peril sequences? Uh, the crowd, though, God love them, still very much into this encounter. Eminem slingshot Jeff into the top turnbuckle. Joey Mercury locks in a surfboard. Johnny Nitro comes in, though, and they hit some sort of double team roll the dice Irish whip. It's weird. Melina screams again. Okay, okay, now it's getting on my nerves a bit. Taz admits, but then follows up. I'll tell you what, though. She's still smoking hot, though. Johnny Nitro hits a break dance leg drop. Sorry, I like that maneuver. We get some more she's a crack whore chance. Johnny Nitro tosses Jeff like a sack of garbage outside the ring. Melina beats the shit out of him and yells, Who's a crack whore? It gives Augusta Georgia the finger Eminem double team Jeff Hardy a little bit more including a sweet variant of demolitions finishing maneuver Jeff tries to come back but a quick tag gets the better of him and Jeff Hardy is in peril for like three more minutes and it drives me bonkers Eminem try a double slingshot into the buckle 
but Jeff Hardy counters and slowly and carefully climbs on a top rope and hits a whisper in the wind. You know, it it hits half of them, so okay, I'll go for it. Eminem is down. Hot tag to Matt Hardy is made. The crowd's like, oh, okay, we'll cheer a little bit. Matt hits a bulldog clothesline combo. A side effect on Mercury. A side effect on Nitro. Makes the cover, but no. Nitro kicks out at two. Hardy goes up top for the uh, leg drop. It connects, but only gets two. Matt then tags in Jeff. Why? Why do we, Why does, Why do teams always do this? Why do they tag in the guy that just made the hot tag after like a minute? A minute is not enough time to get your composure back. Jeff is tagged, though, and he's up on the top rope. Matt Fireman carries Nitro and gives him to Jeff. And Jeff Hardy has Johnny Nitro in the powerbomb position. Mercury nails Matt. And then in a sweet maneuver, he lifts up Nitro with a lot of speed and force into what's now a Hurricane Rana position. And we get a slingshot Rana. It's honestly a pretty cool counter. All four men are in. The Hardys hit stereo suplexes from the middle rope. Matt and Mercury roll outside. Nitro and Jeff are all alone. Upon the double stereo suplexes, Taz makes me want to gouge out my ears when he yells, Huh! Let the bodies hit the floor! Melina distracts the referee. She then goes to slap a Jeff Hardy. Jeff blocks. Nitro goes to protect his lover, but no! He accidentally dropkicks Melina. Schoolboy! One! Two! No! The crowd, God help me, really bit on that one. Jeff, back in the ring, puts his head down, but he gets kicked. Mercury runs in. Eminem hits the snapshot. One! Two! No! Matt Hardy makes the save, and it's a good thing, too. Jeff Hardy might be the Intercontinental Champion, but that means he only has Intercontinental Championship kickout power and may not have been able to get out of a finishing mover pin scenario. Matt Hardy gets tossed. Eminem sets up a top rope snapshot. Oh, my goodness. But they take a little bit too long to do it. Matt Hardy runs in. He somehow gets both Eminem members in a twist of fate scenario and hits a double twist from the top rope. He stacks Eminem on top of one another. That's an Eminem sandwich, but no peanut butter, says Taz. Jeff hits a swanton, makes the cover on his foe, Johnny Nitro. One, two, three, he got him! Team Extreme wins this hot opener in like 24 minutes. I don't know. I guess I'll be nice and give it three stars. Like, it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But there's also nothing to make it stand out. It's like, here, you know, we advertise two matches. One's an Extreme Elimination Chamber. That should sell the pay-per-view, hopefully. And then we announced this hot one-night-only tag team match between the Hardys and Eminem, which are two good teams that should do a good match together. But they they advertise a straight-up wrestling match. And granted, there's no reason to have some sort of extreme match because there's no feud here. But it's an ECW pay-per-view. How much easier would it be to remember December to dismember fondly? Woo! was a mouthful if they did some sort of ladder match some sort of tables match some sort of two out of three falls match where it's tables chairs ladder i'm just making shit up but i don't know something to make it stand apart from just a long tag team match that had two commercial breaks on raw because that's all this is that's all this really is the double face in peril sequence was a bit much for my patience and uh you know i think that's one of the reasons they only give it three 
But folks, I don't mind telling you, we're 30 minutes into this 2-hour and 14-minute only pay-per-view, by the way, and we may have peaked at three stars. At the announce desk, Taz and Joey hyped the Extreme Elimination Chamber, and apparently, earlier today, ECW.com caught up with each member of the match for their comments. Up first, the former ECW and WWE champion, RVD. Do I understand there are risks involved? Yeah, I get it. Is it possible I end this match with more scars on my body and face? Yeah, I get it. Is it true I may not survive this match? Yeah, I get it. So why do I do it? Because the risks are worth the prize. Next time you think ECW champ, you better think Rob Van Dam. Back in the ring, here comes Matt Stryker, wearing a fuchsia sweater vest that Taz gives him a lot of guff for. Why, Taz? What's wrong with fuchsia? You brick. I actually kind of like this, you know, uh, as as Joey, as Matt Stryker's making his ring entrance, I think it's Justin Roberts is the announcer, he's like, here is former social studies teacher from Cardonzo High School in New York City. This guy dresses like a fool, Joey. Matt Stryker has the mic. I am Matt Stryker, your teacher. My opponent is a man that goes by the name of Balls Mahoney. God help me, Augusta Chance Balls. But Matt is here to restore order in this violent society. Would you like to see me in an Extreme Rules match? Okay, fine. This match will be under Extreme Rules. Extreme Enforcement of Rules. So in this match, there will be no eye gouging, no hair pulling, no top rope maneuvers. Oh, that peaks up a 1992 Cowboy Bill Watts. Matt Stryker, you got to, you got it, man. Let's hook him up. And no foul language. Here comes his opponent, the vile Santa Claus. Because let's not forget, folks, here in December, let's remember that Balls Mahoney was indeed the evil variant of Santa Claus from the South Pole known as Santa Claus. He's billed from Nutley, New Jersey. Is that real? If not, well done. And if it is real, well done. The bell rings, so here we go for unadvertised match number one, an extreme enforcement of rules match. Matt Stryker versus Xanta Balls. Matt Stryker has his own face on his keister. Yes, a self-portrait of Matt Stryker appears on his trunks. Joey Style makes the... Joey Style. Joey Styles makes the call. You gotta wonder about a guy that wants to sit on his own face, Taz. Taz pops. So that's okay. Hey, that face has got a crease down the middle. Just say no to crack, Taz. Okay, they ruined it on that one. But I do like that you gotta wonder about a guy that wants to sit on his own face. That was quite comical. Balls Mahoney with a leg grapevine, but Stryker hits the ropes. As Stryker grabs the ropes, the camera zooms in on his ass face. I laughed. Is Matt Stryker the template for MJF? Well, maybe. I'm not necessarily comparing the two. MJF is much better. But it just kind of makes me wonder as I'm watching this match, because God knows I don't want to think about this match. Stryker attacks when Balls Mahoney is in the ropes. Hey! That's an extreme breaking of the extreme enforcement. But whatever. Next up, Balls Mahoney fucks up a leapfrog. And Matt Stryker's head accidentally collides with Balls Mahoney's balls, which is quite humorous. However, Matt Stryker stops the match dead and looks at Balls and says, Did you try to do a leapfrog? And Balls is like, Yeah, I tried a leapfrog. See, that doesn't make it better, guys. Just keep going. 
Matt Schreiker attacks, but no! Balls Mahoney hits a cross arm breaker! Or a Juji Vadumi, according to Taz, but Matt counters with extreme rope breaks. Balls Mahoney talks to the fans. These guys know I can wrestle! The fans lightly cheer. A test of strength is called for, but Matt Stryker punches the face of a Balls Mahoney and tosses Balls arm first into the post. Balls has injured his left arm, but there's a great moment here because Matt Stryker actually attacks the right arm of Balls Mahoney. Unfortunately, Stryker catches his air kind of early. Well, almost right away, so I can't make fun of him too much and goes back to the left arm. Later in the match... We see some extreme hair pulling. Oh, Matt, you're breaking your own rules. Your deviousness is starting to rival that of Master Fuji. A striker sucks chant starts up. God help me that Georgia cares. A regal cutter type maneuver by striker gets two. More strikes to the left arm follow. Balls begs Jesus to intervene. As he's getting smacked on the mat, he yells, Jesus! But I find it highly unlikely that Jesus would help the evil Santa Claus. After all, he's besmirched the magic and the spirit of Christmas. Just ask Savio Vega. I do believe in the magic of Christmas. I do believe in the spirit of Santa Claus. Amazing moment as Balls gets Irish whipped into the top turnbuckle and makes sure to throw his own left arm into the buckle first. Either that or Matt Stryker knows some sort of devious way to manipulate the Irish whip to get arm-first results. Balls then does his patented balls punches with the hurt arm. He goes up top. Matt Stryker shakes the ropes. And oh no! Balls got ballsed. Balls Mahoney then does a front flip back bump off of the top turnbuckle, which was caused by nothing. And a rolling arm bar by Matt Stryker. Come on, tap, he yells. But no, there's some extreme rope break. Balls is up with a belly to back suplex. He then does his patented balls punches with his right arm. Irish whip, big back body drop. Oh no, Stryker landed on his facey ass, says Taz. Ah, <laughs> oh, I wish I had a facey ass. Not bad, Taz, not bad. Balls then hits left arm balls punches. Irish whip. Balls puts his head down. Big mistake, says Jack Slater. And Balls Mahoney gets kicked in the skull. Matt Stryker bounces off the ropes. But Balls Mahoney counters with a low-down type spine buster powerbomb thing. For the one, two, three. And thank God that this match is over. Balls Mahoney defeats Matt Stryker in about seven minutes. It's one star. I mean, look. This was not so bad. It's good. This was bad and boring. Somehow, at the end of all this, the crowd starts a light balls chant. Backstage, CM Punk loosens up his wrists and apparently does battle with some ghosts because he's throwing punches at no one. But you can really tell here that CM Punk is a bit of a Muay Thai master. Shades of his own master, Sagat. Will we see CM Punk use Tiger Uppercut during the Extreme Elimination Chamber? No time to ponder on this because, uh uh-oh, somewhere else backstage, Sabu is unconscious and the EMTs are checking on him using words like, Sabu, can you hear me? He's unresponsive. Paul Heyman is here and wants to know what happened to this man. This man is in my main event tonight. 
The crowd is extremely angry about this and starts a very loud bullshit chant as we transition to our next match. And look who's coming down the aisle. It's the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, and Rusev. Taz and Joey, however, are using their serious voice to wonder who attacked Sabu. Joey's like, will Sabu be able to compete in our main event, the first ever extreme elimination chamber? And folks, that right there is an example of overbranding. Like, why does he have to say, will he be able to compete in the first ever extreme elimination chamber? If you want it to sound serious, be like, oh shit, he's all fucked up. Is he even going to be in the match tonight? Anywho, Justin Roberts corrects me to let me know that this is actually Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai. So, my bad. Elijah has the mic. For the first time in the history of sports entertainment, live and in living color, the Elijah Experience. Boo, says Georgia. Along with the three-time All-American MMA fighting machine, Sylvester Turkai, we have not only arrived, but like a wild animal in heat, we will leave our mark. Uh, is that what wild animals in heat do, Joe? Bring out our opponents, serve them up on a silver platter, because the man bear and I are about to have a feast. Okay, first things first. Can we please bring back man bear ASAP? It's a great nickname. Second, if you were not aware ahead of time, folks, this tag team combination is also known as the Knockout Tapout Express. Or, as our good friend Lord Alfred Hayes might say, Here come their victims with some sick-ass techno beats. It's Little Guido and Tony Marmaluke, the FBI, accompanied by NWA TNA's Trinity. Taz is excited to see Trinity, and so is Jenny from the Jenny Experience on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. The bell rings, and here we go with unadvertised match number two. It's a tag team encounter between the FBI versus the Koto. Taz is all sorts of tongue-tied. A woman comes out here and you fall to pieces. Oh, I haven't been home in a while. Oh, is this a tag match? Why don't you go take a cold shower and come back? Yeah, in this building, that's probably all I could take is a cold one. Burke and Nunzio start, and it appears that Elijah Burke wrestles in a hat? Okay. Taz and Styles talk about what wild animals do in heat, but holy marinara, Guido has stolen Elijah Burke's hat and is now wearing it. He looks kind of like a street vendor, because on commentary, Taz lets us know, Ugh, I'll take a large rainbow ice and a slice of Sicilian. Look at that, Guido looks like he's serving a pizza, ha-ha! FBI does some double T moves where they yell, Hey, 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 yeah, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, you want to watch your mouth? Yeah, you better watch your mouth around me. Oh, elbow drop. Forget about it. We get a light, where's my pizza chant, but Man Bear is tagged in. Headbutts and gloves strikes, but he misses a Sylvester splash. He again catches Guido off the top rope and dumps him outside onto his partner, the other guy. Elijah rolls Guido back inside. The crowd claps for the FBI. God love them. They're still here for some reason. Elijah Burke hits the four-up uppercut. Hey, Joe, 
What's that in Brooks' hair, man? Is that beads? Is it like juju beads? Just beads, Taz. I like the beads. They're cool. Guido goes after Man Bear but gets punched. Man Bear's tagged back in. An FBI champ breaks out. God help us all. A Muay Thai kick by Man Bear Pig. I'm sorry. I had to do it just once. Elijah's in now. He hits the running Elijah Express knee strikes and hits an STO but gets only two. Trinity bangs the mat. The boys on commentary freak out because they see some side boob. A light change the channel chant begins. Lukewarm tag to the other guy in the FBI. Other guy hits drop kicks and forearms. Now Nunzio and other guy get caught by man bear. Oh, but they both choose a shin and drop kick the shins of the man bear. Man bear on his knees. Double drop kick. Burke eats a double flapjack. One, two, no. Elijah Burke tosses the other guy into the man bear. Then Elijah Burke hits the stroke. One, two, three. It's over. Oh, valiant effort by the FBI. The Koto Express defeats the FBI in like seven minutes. Uh, They then beat up the FBI some more afterwards. This match gets half a star. And literally, it's all for Guido wearing the hat because it was tremendous. But again... Definitely not so bad, it's good. Just, just bad. Backstage, RBD and CM Punk watch as Sabu gets put in an ambulance. Now, this would make sense if CM Punk wasn't there, or if these three were some sort of known unit, but they're not. And so it doesn't make sense. RBD's whisperings into Sabu's ear as he gets put into the ambulance. Hey, Sabu, where's the weed, man? And that's fine. Like, you need to know where it is. But come on, man, before they get... Just tell me where... Come on, man, don't be like that. Don't be... Oh, man. (sighs) Whatever. Back in the arena, I hear some chanting, which is sure to make Georgia happy. Here comes Davari! And he's accompanied by the greatness the great Kali. And yeah, folks, it's just me, but I only refer to the great Kali as the greatness. It started a long time ago. He's just the greatness. And that's it. I'm not explaining it. Davari has a microphone and says, according to the closed captioning, speaking in foreign language. Again, I don't think this is going to go over well with the state of Georgia. Taz, you're a master of many languages, English not being one of them. Do you speak Farsi? Uh, no, no, I don't speak Farsi, cool. The greatness here is not an active competitor. I believe he's still trying to get his liver enzymes under control. So this match will be all Davari. And Davari's opponent... Oh, boo! Says Johnny C. It's not quite a man in a box, but it is Thomas Dreamer. As Tommy makes his way out to the ECW <clears throat> faithful... He tries to do a sort of, wow, this is a huge moment in the entranceway. And you know what? It's not Thomas. He's wearing his own shirt, so he's graduated one step up from wearing the pay-per-view shirt. Apparently, three weeks ago on ECW on Sci-Fi, Thomas beat Davari by disqualification. Which is why I guess this is uh, setting up a no-DQ match? No? No, just a regular... All right, just a regular match. The bell rings, so here we go. It's unadvertised match number three. Davari with the greatness in his corner, taking on Thomas Dreamer. Davari bails early for some extreme stalling, but an attack from behind when the greatness distracts 
Tommy Dreamer. That being Davari attacks from behind when the greatness distracts Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer gets back in control, uh, but Davari heads out and once again uses the greatness as a human shield. Davari back in as Joey Style wonders on commentary, could Paul Heyman have set up this attack on Sabu? Taz wonders if perhaps RVD did. Hmm, could have been interesting. Outside brawling now, but Tommy Dreamer heads back inside to beat the extreme 10 count. Both men inside. Dreamer hits an extreme plex. Dreamer bounces off the ropes, but the greatness lowers them, and Dreamer takes an extreme spill to the outside. But uh-oh, the referee saw this extreme interference, and the greatness is extremely ejected. This, of course, makes Davari extremely angry, but ECW will not see any outside interference in their pay-per-view encounters. Now, we're being informed that if the greatness does not leave the ringside area, Davari will be DQ'd. And so, the greatness leaves. Back in the ring, Davari is in control. We've got a, we want hardcore, chant. In response, Davari locks in a hardcore chin lock. I guess probably making him the best heel in the business at this point, in this arena. Tommy tries to mount some offense. God help us, we get a fuck him up, dreamer, fuck him up, fuck him up, dreamer, fuck him up. That chance is so stupid. Dreamer fights out, but Davari counters with a sleeper. Tommy dreams of a better tomorrow, though, and breaks free from this hold. Tommy hits combination strikes and an extreme back body drop and follows up with an extreme scorpion death drop. Davari rakes the eyes. Davari goes up top but gets caught by Dreamy. Davari shoves Dreamer off, though, goes for a flying body press. Thomas Dreamer casually moves an inch to his left and Davari misses the flying body press. What the hell was that, Cole? Tree of Woe now, described by Taz as Whoa! Tommy pounds his chest and hits the EC-dub kick. Dreamer then ECW's up, goes for the DDT, but no! Countered with a schoolboy. Oh no! Davari has an extremely large amount of tights wadded up in his fist. One! Two! Extreme! It's over! Oh my god! So Davari defeats Thomas Dreamer in about seven minutes with an extreme schoolboy. We're going to go negative one and a half. So bad, it's bad. Still haven't found anything yet. After the match, the greatness returns and choke slams Thomas Dreamer on the entrance stage. Joey Styles, how dare you actually say Dreamer may be broken in half. The crowd is deathly silent. However, someone in this arena who's standing close to a camera with active audio says, This is an extreme... This is entertainment! A sound argument by the random fan, but I disagree on both points. Some referees check on Thomas. Tommy actually says with a straight face, I I can't feel my feet. But oh no, Tommy Dreamer gets up to an extremely polite ovation and then falls back to his knees and crawls backstage. Speaking of backstage, Paul Heyman is backstage, and he invites Hardcore Holly to participate in the main event. The audience seems very unpleased. Back at the ringside area, Joey and Taz set the table for the main event, but apparently there's one more unadvertised match to go. Here comes Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly, described by Joey Styles as the young exhibitionist 
and her very angry boyfriend. Kelly Kelly grabs the mic, and she says, I just want to wish CM Punk good luck in the Elimination Chamber. Mike Knox is not pleased. Looks like Mike Knox is getting punked out, Cole. Ha-ha! Here come their opponents, Kevin Thorne and Ariel. Kevin Thorne and Ariel, of course, lead what Jim Ross would call a gothic lifestyle. Ariel hangs upside down in the ropes. Kevin bites her neck. Oh, Kevin Thorne, ladies and gentlemen, will be wrestling in an all-red ensemble with a black tie. It looks like afterwards he might be performing some ska for us all in the hotel lobby. The bell rings, so here we go with unadvertised match number four. It's a mixed tag team match between Mike Knox and Kelly Punk. Taking on the big bad bloody daddy, Kevin Thorne, and his partner, the Little Mermaid. Now, right from the get-go, Joey Styles brings up that Kevin Thorne and Ariel attend bite clubs. He starts to explain to Taz what bite clubs are, but Taz cuts him off. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with those. At times, I do go to bite clubs, Joey. (laughs) Kelly Kelly lacks any experience here, so Kevin Thorne and Mike Knox start. Joey describes our starters as two very large young extremists. Taz says Kevin Thorne is hard to talk to. You know, I tried to talk to him in the back today, Joe, and he's distant. See, look at him right now. He's staring up at the moon. Although I don't think you can see it in here, but you get what I'm saying, Joe. A lockup, transition system, hand slaps with kicks and punches, and the ska man is in control. Ariel leans forward, and Taz freaks out that he can see her thong. A running, powerful lariat clothesline by Knox. Kelly Kelly is jumping up and down on the apron. Oh, so very excited. She's actively doing her part here. Kevin Thorne hits a lariat now, so fair is fair. A lariat for a lariat. Ariel screams for Kevin Thorne. Taz says, I like when they scream, Joe. You know, maybe we should just lay out and listen to Ariel scream. Hey, did you see that? Ariel, look at her. She just gave Kevin Thorne a look. Kind of like she said... Kiss me. Kiss me, I say. A big kick by Mike Knox. Kevin Kelly yells, Shut up, Ariel, and bounces some more. You know, she's warming up there, Joe. Uh, getting those calves loose. And maybe the quads, too. You know. We get about ten seconds of silence on the commentary. Suddenly, Taz has to do something. Enough for nothing. And it's got nothing to do with this match. But I gotta give it up for Tommy Dreamer. Meanwhile, a front headlock by Knox, and Ariel tags in. She demands Kelly Kelly enters as well. Kelly does. The crowd pops. Ariel with a vicious kick to the gut, and then some hair pulling. Kelly Kelly screams so loud, I have to turn down the volume on my headset. Uh, Kelly Kelly is then tossed by Ariel and punched three times in the face in the turnbuckle. Now we're in the turnbuckle, and Ariel chokes Kelly with her boot. But the boot choke is so high in the air that we get some exposed cheeks. And it's the most extreme thing we've seen all night. And it gets a light EC dub chant. Ariel charges into the corner, but Kelly Kelly ducks. Kelly goes for the tag, but Ariel cuts her off and hits what can only be described as a vivacious vixen vampiric elbow drop. Kelly Kelly kicks Ariel away, goes to make the hot tag, but no! Shades... Of the Mega Powers exploding, Mike Knox refuses to tag. He leaves her and leaves the arena and ECW as a brand. It's a trap! A big CM Punk chant. Will CM Punk rescue Kelly Kelly? 
No! Ariel locks in the Von Eric Claw. Trips Kelly Kelly. One, two, three. It's over! So uh, Kevin Thorne and Ariel defeat Kelly Kelly and Mike Knox via trip in about eight minutes. Negative three and a half stars. But ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to report the commentary was tremendous and made this match so bad it's good. So finally, our first hidden gem of the evening. This one is worth seeking out. I don't mind telling you. Afterwards, Ariel beats on Kelly Kelly. Won't anyone make the save? Yes! Here comes the Sandman, the blue-collar extreme icon. Kevin Thorne has his vampire stick, Sandman a cane. Joey actually says we're about to have a lightsaber fight. Sandman makes himself bleed with the beer cans. Kevin Thorne eats Singapore cane and bails. An EC dub chant hits. The Sandman beats Kevin Thorne like a bitch all the way to the backstage area. And folks, almost 90 minutes into this pay-per-view, it's time for the main event of the evening. But first, Rebecca, you know, ECW interviewer Rebecca, is standing by with Bobby Lindsay. Boo, says Georgia. Is this a Georgia thing? Or he's a non-ECW guy thing? Hopefully, it's the latter. It seems like Paul Heyman has it out for you. Last week was no exception. Let's take a look. So we see some footage. Last week... Big Show versus Bobby Lashley. One man. One mission. The ECW Championship. Bobby Lashley had the match won, but Paul Heyman brought out the extreme troops from Revolution X and now test as well. And the Big Show pinned a Robert Lindsay. Heyman makes the count. Bobby Lashley has been decimated. Back in the real world at the interview area, Bobby Lashley speaks. He will overcome the odds. I don't give a damn what Paul Heyman throws at me. One man, one mission, ECW champion. The crowd laughs. And in the back, the Big Show with the ECW title makes the walk to the arena. Behind him, Paul Heyman. Hardcore Holly. Test. And the troops from Revolution X. Not so much the bloodline. Perhaps we'll call them the hemoglobin boundary. Yeah, that's the ticket. Those are some synonyms for you. And now, a video for the Elimination Chamber. It's the type of video that runs down the competitors. And I'll tell you, if they really wanted to impress me, they would have taken the time to remove Sabu and insert Hardcore Holly, or just whatever someone says the name Sabu. They say Hardcore Holly. So it's like CM Punk. Hardcore Holly. Bobby Lashley. You know what? I've been in the ring with Hardcore Holly and Rob Van Dam. And you know what? Hardcore Holly might be suicidal, homicidal, and genocidal, but he's going down. <laughs> and then when Har- if they show Sabu talk and they just have Hardcore Holly's voice like, How do you like me now? After the hype video ends, Paul Heyman and the Revolution X troops are here, I guess to kill some more time. Heyman comes out to the original ECW theme song, and Taz and Joey are really fed up with this evil version of Paul Heyman. Well, don't worry, folks. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, and Lord knows I have often been mistaken, this is Heyman's last appearance in an ECW ring. He says, literally, he starts his promo with these words, 
ladies and gentlemen, of course, he doesn't say, my name is Paul Heyman. And it's so weird. So, so weird. There's a lot of weirdness here. Like Heyman being this character and Lashley not being like Big Bob. But we'll get there. We'll get there. This is your main event. Look at what I have created. You know, Hulkamania dies with Hulk Hogan. The woos die with Ric Flair. Of course, the crowd woos. But long after my death, ECW will live on. Bullshit, yells a fan. Someone, a fan, yells for the franchise? Oh, God, no. No, 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 Give me six Hardcore Hollies and an Elimination Chamber match, but no franchise. Heyman talks about Sabu. We get a Fecal Matter chant. The day of Sabu, Sandman, and Rob Van Dam has come to an end. And I like this. Like it or not, this is the age of the global phenomenon ECW led by the Big Show. I like that. I like that Heyman is the evil GM that embraces the brandness of ECW. They should have had a force fight against him, but you know that's that's I'm not I'm not booking this wrestling show. Um, lower the extreme elimination chamber, and guess what? It does. It's ten tons of steel, two miles of chains. How many is that in kilometers, though? And now it has weapons. We get a graphic that tells us the rules. Two men start. Five-minute periods. Then, a new competitor and a new weapon enter. Pinfall or submissions only, and the last man standing is the champion. We see all of the weapons in the pods, and then... Well, well, it's a large program! Here comes the big show, and folks, he's big. Alright, is this pre-Mayweather? Yes, it is. So yeah, he's big. Paul's clapping for the big show. Big Show chooses the pod with the barbed wire baseball bat, which means it probably won't get used, but hey, who am I to judge? Next, even through this fire burns, it's some punk. No alcohol, no drugs, no tobacco, no fun. His only addiction is the spotlight. Not much of a reaction for punk, surprisingly. He taunts the Big Show. And Punk gets locked up with a solid steel chair. Dist. This is a dist. 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 This is a dist. Next up, it's hardcore. <laughs> Not kidding. It's Test. Paul's happy to see him. Test is a self-proclaimed God's gift to ECW. Big Show's clapping for Test. Oh, it's nice to see the hemoglobin boundary getting along. And Test is locked up with a Krober. One more pod to fill. Here comes a big man, Big Don's favorite superstar, Robert Lindsay. He eats his pyro and gets locked up with a table. No reaction for Big Bob. Well, that's better than just Georgia booing because it's the South, I suppose. Now our starters. Out first, Sprigatito. And then Quaxley, followed by... God, what's the third one? The little crocodile. The thir- you know what? This is supposed to be a Pokemon joke, but I failed because I can't remember the fire starter's name. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Take two. Out comes Hardcore Holly. Use take two. How do you like me now? Joey smells a conspiracy because earlier Hardcore Holly was already dressed to compete. I'll do you one bigger, Joe. Why was Hardcore Holly even here? Who needs the Batman when you've got Taz and Joey, world's greatest detectives? 
and there's only one person left. What of a kind! Hey! 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 What of a kind! RVD arrives. Joey Styles says that Paul Heyman screwed RVD out of the title shortly after Independence Day. I actually think that was the State Highway Patrol, but uh, I wasn't there. The bell rings, and here we go. Advertised match two. The main event. The Extreme Elimination Chamber for the ECW Championship. Rob Van Dam versus Hardcore Hollis versus CM Punk versus Robert Lindsay versus Test versus the big show. This extreme elimination chamber starts with a lockup. Hardcore Holly hits a clothesline and covers for a zero count. I don't know if I've ever seen a zero count. Joey brings up uh, back in the past when RVD scarred Hardcore Holly permanently, suplexing him through a table. I remember that episode of EC-Dub. Gross. RVD gets tossed outside onto the steel. RVD fights back with the least impactful kick in sports entertainment history. He dives off the top rope, but Robert Holly ducks. And even though RVD is cosplaying as Andrew Garfield, there's nothing amazing here because RVD just does the typical Spider-Man spot. Now... He then follows up with a spider salt that's a bit more impressive, but he misses and RVD stun guns himself on the ropes. That gets an easy dub chant. All right, that's fine. Body slam on the solid steel by the speedster. Hardcore Holly goes up top. He steps forward off the top uh, turnbuckle and eats a boot. What the fuck was he going for? I hate that shit, but I kind of love it too. RVD's inside. Hardcore Holly is on the steel on the outside. RVD sprints. Roll of thunder. Hear me cry. Over the top rope. Onto the steel. Joey Style says, RVD is certainly one of a kind. That was a Johnny C.S. comment by the nurse practitioner of Style, Joseph. Hardcore Holly then suplexes RVD back inside, shades of their ECW on sci-fi encounter, and there is one minute to go. Hardcore Holly covers one, two, no. A big CM Punk chant starts, 20 seconds left. Drop kick by Hardcore Holly and a beauty. One, two, no. The countdown begins. The dong sounds. Who is it? Who will be unleashed from their chamber? It's some punk and his steel chair to huge cheers. Like an idiot, CM Punk throws the chair right away. But it does hit Hardcore Holly in the face pretty viciously, which honestly probably earns Punk a couple of years of unwarranted heat from the upper echelon, but that's fine. Springboard clothesline to RVD. Georgia is now a hell of a lot happier. Uh, CM Punk then tosses the chair to RVD. It's caught! And folks, CM Punk has this steel chair spiked on his skull by Rob Van Dam. And I gotta tell you, that made me quite happy. Rolling Thunder Roll sets the chair down in front of Punk. Rob Van Dam sets up the monkey flip into the chair. Beautiful execution by Rob. Terrible flip by Phil. Like, it's bad. He barely hits the chair. CM Punk gets a you fucked up chant. And I bet he hates it. And I love it. RVD goes for a big kick high, but Punk ducks. RVD takes the advice of Cobra Kai Sensei John Kreese and sweeps the leg. 
But CM Punk jumps and ass jam leg drops the chair onto RVD's skull. Honestly, it was kind of a nice spot. RVD is busted open and then gets tossed face first into the chair that's in the corner. Punk goes outside and boots the edge of the chair into the throat of Rob Van Dam. And then Hardcore Holly picks up Punk in a powerbomb position and just swings his skull into the steel. One, two, no! Hardcore Holly then goes to work on CM Punk. Something really shitty happens here, even though it's 2006. Georgia has something really awful to chant about Test. Well, I guess W's still in the... We're like two years away from... Okay, I guess it's not unexpected. Awful, but I guess unfortunately not expected. Eventually, the countdown happens, and sure enough, it's Test with David Flair and his crowbar. Punk immediately eats crow. Test then goes to RVD and opens up his cut with the edge of the crowbar. Ew, gross. Now, he's choking the punkster with his crowbar. Now, interesting moment here. Uh, CM Punk hits sort of a stunner onto Test, but the crowd doesn't really react. All right. RVD is up now, and he's all over Hardcore Holly. RVD has the chair. Test eats chair. Hardcore Holly eats chair. CM Punk is sitting in the corner, just taking himself a break, and so he eats a jumping chair kick Van Daminator. CM Punk is down center ring. RVD heads north. The crowd's like, yeah! Wait a minute, no. Wait, what are you doing? Five-star frog splash onto Punk, but the ribs can RVD cover. He can! One! Two! Three! And boo, says Georgia. CM Punk is gone, and I love it. If you think I hated Bret Hart, you just wait till I get to cover some more CM Punk stuff. Test is measuring Rob Van Dam for the big boot. But no! Test big boots, hardcore Holly. The hemoglobin boundary explodes. One, two, no! Wait a minute. Uh, one, two, uh, Hardcore Holly did not kick out. Uh, but the referee did not count three. Somebody says, oh, oh, you're going out. Uh, could have been test, could have been the referee. And you know what? Hardcore Holly's just eliminated anyway, so, yeah. Oh, well, life goes on. RVD is up with a jumping kick. Test is down. RVD makes a genius move and climbs the Big Show's pod. Fucking idiot. Big Show grabs the boot. Test is up, and RVD gets hit with a chair in the legs. Then the chair to the back. Test tosses him off the top of the pod like a sack of garbage. Places the chair gently on RVD's face. Test climbs the Big Show's pod. Well, Rob, I gotta tell you, it's ECW's December to dismember. So love it or leave it. Test hits the diving elbow onto the chair, onto RVD's face for the one, two, three. And now we're down to Test, the Big Show, and Bobbert Lindsay. We get a large bullshit chant, and Test is all alone with 40 seconds to go until the next pod opens. Who will it be now? Well, probably not the Big Show. Finally, the countdown ends, and a Where's My Refund chant starts. To the shock of no one, it's Bobby. But the Revolution X troopers are here, and they will not unlock the door of Bobby Lashley. 
Bobby is trapped. But Bobby says, wait a minute, we're smarter than this. And he uses the table that he's locked in the pod with to break the roof of his pod. Okay. He climbs out. The table's left in the pod. Test climbs up to meet Bobby, but eats defeat. Top rope clothesline by Bobbert. Bobby throws Test into the pods, and they shatter. It's very violent. We get a get-the-table chant. Two and a half minutes left until the big show is unleashed. Now, walking Armageddon. Best nickname ever, by the way. They should use that. Walking Armageddon, Bobby Lashley is getting choked out in the corner by Test in his chair. But no! Bobby kicks the chair back into the face of Test. Lariat! Lariat! Snap suplex! Bobby has the crowbar. Test has the chair. Test swings. Bob ducks. Crowbar to the belly. Oh, did he stick him? Says Taz. Spear! One, two, three. And only two extremists remain. Bob versus Big. Dawn of extremeness. With one minute and ten seconds left on the countdown clock. We get a this is bullshit chant. Heyman gives the Big Show some last-minute advice. Robert rescues the table from his former pod and tosses it into the Big Show's pod. It's a boss move by Bobby there, throwing that table like a bitch. He throws the chair at the pod. Another boss move, but kind of a bad idea. Bobby must agree with me because he does get the chair like I should probably have a weapon. Five, four, three, two, one! And my God, the Big Show is out! He grabs the barbed-wired baseball bat and slowly stalks his prey. The crowd chants, TNA, TNA, TNA. Big Show swings. Bob blocks with the chair. Shades of Chris Evans. And get this man a shield. Thanos swings the baseball bat some more. The chair breaks. Oh, no, just kidding. It doesn't. The Big Show swings the barbed wire baseball bat. Bobby ducks, and the barbed wire gets caught up in the chain fencing. Bobbert strikes Big Show with the chair and makes Big Show eat the chain. Bobby poses. Boo, says Georgia. Bobby tosses the Big Show into CM Punk's pod. It explodes. The Big Show is busted open. Bobbert punches open the wound. But the Big Show is up and busts himself out of the other side of the pod. Smart move there. Bobby pursues. Heyman makes a plea. Run for your life. Get angry. Fight for survival. Watch out, Big Show. Bobby catches up. Big Show beals him like a ragdoll over the top rope into the ring. Damn. Sure, Bobby did most of the work, but it looked good, and it goes to show that Bobby came to play, in my opinion. Uh, Big Show's in the ring now. He is up for the choke slam. He gets Bobby up, but no! Robert counters with the DJT. Both men are down. Both men are up. We get a let's go Big Show chant. Jesus, Georgia, get over it. It's not going to happen. We get yeah, boo punches, but it's all boo. Fair enough. Bobby gets tossed into the corner. The Big Show charges. Bobby moves. Bob leaps into the arms of the showster. The Big Show setting up a power slam, but no, Bobby is out. Spear! One, two, three, and Bobby is going to WrestleMania! Woo! George is furious. <laughs> So the winner in just about 25 minutes and your new EC Dub champion, Mr. Robert Lindsay himself, Big Bob Lashley. And you know what? Fuck you, Georgia. I don't care if you're not happy. And uh, folks, we are off the air at 2 hours, 14 minutes, and 37 seconds. Now, here comes the shocker. Are you ready?
I give this match three stars. Whoa, shit. Okay, let, I'm serious now. Let's get serious. I'm going to justify this. This match is not nearly as bad as people remember. Is it good? Like, I mean, look, I gave it three stars because two and a half is average, all right? Sure, the referee fucked up the three count on Hardcore Holly, but look, all six guys, you like them, you don't like them, that's fine. I don't like a lot of these guys, but they're in there working hard. They're trying to do something and the narrative of the three bad guys taking out the three faces, whether you think they're three rightly chosen bad guys or three rightly chosen good guys, there's at least a story within the chamber itself, okay? And I think everyone remembers December to Dismember as the worst. I mean, that's the whole point of this show, right? But here's the thing. We all probably haven't seen it since 06. Now, is it good? Well, let's focus on the chamber, then we'll wrap up the whole thing. People think of this match in terms of 2006 and how it killed ECW. You know, oh, why did Punk go out first? Oh, Punk should have won. You know, Bobby shouldn't have won, whatever. But you know what? As a standalone match, completely void of quote-unquote history, it's a fine 25-minute chamber match. I mean, I don't want an hour-long chamber match. And check this out. Bobby Lashley would later become awesome. I think we can all agree, for better or worse. Um, I do think, I love the modern MMA style Bobby Lashley. I, I said, walking Armageddon, Bobby Lashley, sweetest nickname in fucking ever, and that's an Impact Wrestling thing. Um, Bobby was a badass in Impact Wrestling. I did see a few Bobby matches when I heard he was getting hot, and he was a character that was like walking Armageddon, and he was. He would go in, win in a minute, and that's be it. He was like Goldberg, basically. Um, so if you look at this thing in a vacuum, it's a very fun look at, you know, things, seeds that would get laid and how competitors would grow, you know? Bobby shows that he can be awesome, potentially. RVD does everything that's asked of him and is fine. And you know what? CM Punk takes his whippings. And you know what? He came to work the next day and eventually became the CM Punk that you all love. So, you know, everything turned out fine. Mission accomplished. It's not so good, it's good. It's not so bad, it's bad. It's so decent, it's decent. That's the Elimination Chamber. And I stand by it. Have you watched it? I just watched it. Now the pay-per-view. Well, I'll tell you what. It, I don't know. It might be the worst pay-per-view in wrestling hi WWF history. Not in wrestling, that's probably Heroes of Wrestling. But I will say this. It's just about 10 minutes longer than an In Your House and uh, there's a lot of in-your-houses, because I've been watching them on Concrete Man, that are just one-match shows. And even then, the one match is like four and a quarter stars. Or four and a half. Like thinking of uh, Seasons Beatings as an example. Now, the opener here at December Dismember is like three. Three and a half, probably, if you're a, a wrestling critic that's not me. And it's old-school Southern wrestling tag matches, which I know a lot of people love. So, the opener is solid. The middle is puke garbage. The mixed tag match, which is the next to last match, I believe is so bad it's good. So you watch the opener, you throw on the mixed tag to have your jollies, and then the chamber deserves a rewatch. So yeah, rewatch it. I don't know. I'm not ready to commit that this is the worst pay per view in WWEF history, and I stand by it. But that just asks a bigger question, though, and I kind of love it. What is. Maybe we start the hunt for it. Maybe we do some internet research and come back with another episode. But I don't know. 
if you were to vote that this is, I would respect your opinion. If you were to say something else is, I'd be willing to listen. Because, folks, I just rewatched ECW December to Dismember, and you relived it with me. So, who really knows? I do know one thing, though. The new TNN continues to bring fantastic new content every week. Did you think I was going to pivot to something else? Of course I'm pivoting to this. And make sure you subscribe to the channel so you get notified whenever new content drops. Because, hey, don't you want to know if I continue a quest for the worst pay-per-view of all time? I'm not saying that I am, but maybe I will. Who knows? And the only way you're going to know is if you stay tuned and keep on listening. I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. We are Pop. And this show was extreme! We'll see you next time.